All right, and welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. I am Midnight, the host, and I'm here with Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. Hello. And we are on episode seven of Mistborn, the Hero of Ages. We read chapters 44 through 49 this week. Uh, my voice is bucking up a little bit this morning. I apologize. I'll mute myself when I need to cough. But yeah, let's get right into it. We got some interesting stuff happening, especially with Finn. Very much um, with Finn. <laughs> so starting with the epigraph, which I believe is the this is the one Mythic was really excited about yeah. last week. Uh, each spike, positioned very carefully, can determine how the recipient's body is changed by hemallergy. A spike in one place creates a monstrous, near mindless beast. In another place, a spike will create a crafty yet homicidal inquisitor. Without the instinctive knowledge granted by taking the power of the Well of Ascension, Rashek would never have been able to use hemallergy. With his mind expanded and with a little practice, he was able to intuit where to place spikes that would create the servants he wanted. It is a little-known fact that the Inquisitor's torture chambers were actually hemallergic laboratories. The Lord Ruler was constantly trying to develop new breeds of servant. It is a testament to hemallergy's complexity that despite a thousand years of trying, he never managed to create anything with it beyond the three kinds of creatures he developed during those few brief moments holding the power. Uh, so what did you guys think about how complicated hemallergy is? Very complicated, which is, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because, like, it's going to involve a lot of trial and error, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it basically sounds like it's pretty much impossible to make anything new with hemallergy without having, like, the knowledge from the Well of Ascension. That's how, like, complicated it is. I still mm. wonder if he's tried, like, animals. Don't know. Sounds like he's spent a long time trying. A long time. But yeah, so we kind of discussed this last time, but do you, do you think there are other creatures, then, that could be made using hemallergy? Yes. 100%. Wait, um, so... So, colas are made with, like, normal people, right? Yeah, with, uh, it sounds like it, at least, what, what did we learn? Was it five people? It was, it was multiple people. can't remember now. It's multiple people spiked with it's four five. spikes. It's five. Yeah, it's yeah. five. Five people with four spikes. Yeah. And so it has to involve the yeah. skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it has to involve the skin. Or that's just something they do now, you know? Or that's just how they... Because I'm wondering, what would happen if you try to do somebody with Alamancy as a Colas? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because they... We don't know if they've ever tried using... Because imagine an Alamancy Colas, right? Like, you're doomed. You're you're fucked. Like, (laughs) it's over. Because we do know that uh, Inquisitors keep their powers if they were Mystings beforehand. Yeah. Condra can't because they were not people with allomancy beforehand so that's kind of a, not really a point that can be made with them the yeah, acolas we don't really know they do get like essentially well yeah but that's the same with all yeah. hemallergies the spikes give you something but like as i was kind of more saying like we don't know what's going to happen with like if a colos had like yeah like a misting beforehand or multiple mistings because but we do know with inquisitors that they are able to keep the power and i believe one of these yeah. epigraphs talks about how like it expands on the power if they get spiked with us the same power that they already have. Mm, that'd be. I would have. Hmm, I don't know. That's one of the things I definitely would have wanted to try out. It may also have just been that maybe he did try and it just. And wasn't... it's a failure. It was a failure, or it just wasn't worth the cost of like, because they're still using live people. Like these people might not be fatally so, injured, so like it might not be worth using up a misting for that. Yeah, maybe, or maybe they did do it. And it's somewhere, and we just don't know about it. Maybe. Um, so we start with Vin's point of view, as she's sneaking down the stairs towards the basement. 
As she makes her way down, she hears the clinking of armor, so she carefully peeks around the corner once at the bottom of the stairs. There are three corridors, and the noise is coming from the right, so when she peeks a bit further, she sees two guards leaning against a wall nearby. She slowly sues them and then riots their boredom until the guards begin yawning and she sneaks down one of the other corridors. Uh, she felt good having to be sneaky while not relying on the mist or darkness. In the back of Finn's mind, Reen's voice tells her that her trust will likely get her killed someday. Finn ignores this, though, knowing that Reen broke his own codes to protect her from the Inquisitors. She continues through the basement, knowing that it seems to be a labyrinth of corridors and rooms, and potentially slopes upwards at some point to connect to a loading bay at the canal that runs through the city, since there's a bunch of supplies in one of the rooms that are not from the storage catch. They're not canned, basically. Finn doesn't peer into too many rooms, though, trying to move quickly through the corridors as she knows Ellen's distraction won't last forever. As she moves towards a more brightly lit area of corridors, she hears some voices. She gets to an intersection and peeks to see two soldiers to the left and four to the right. She can also hear some other groups in the distance and riots them, trying to get them angry and irritated. She then extinguishes her medals before burning duralumin and zinc and gives one hard pull on the soldiers' emotions. She hears a curse and men yelling at each other. Two of the four soldiers rush off to see what the disturbance is, and Vin writes the curiosity of the other two to make them follow as well. So what do you think of Vin's way of getting past the guards? Smart. Yeah. Super smart. <laughs> uh, so Vin hurries down the corridor and makes her way into a storeroom that has a trap door. She jumps down, also dropping a coin so she knows how far down the floor is. When she hits the floor, she, feel, uh, she feels around until she finds a lantern and lights it. She can then see the door that each storage catch has, although it's been obviously forced open just enough for someone to squeeze through. But isn't sure why he didn't just have his Mistborn open it. She then slips through the opening of the door, and as she is thinking of making her way to the steel plate that she knew would be inside, she hears stone scraping at stone behind her as the storeroom uh, door shuts. So what were your first thoughts about Vin being caught in the storage catch? Oh. Also, why can't she just move it back again? Because um, it was like blocked well, we off find out later. Something. We don't find out here. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, uh, that's, well, you said about my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. That's my thought. My thought was, mm. why we'll didn't you, it. just move it? Yeah, just, like, just move it, it get out again, you know, simple. Yeah, like, if you moved it once, you can move it again. Uh, so we then switch back to Ellen's point of view as he finishes off explaining why the Lord Ruler's system of government had to fall. The people around them are trailing away, growing less interested, but Yeoman seems very interested in the conversation. Yeoman replies that the stewardship program wasn't started by the Lord Ruler, but suggested by the Canton of Inquisition, and that they had been reined in because they refused to submit to imperial rule. He also says they are the most honored servants in the Empire, though Ellen replies that being a favored slave isn't a fair return for losing their manhood. They go back and forth about having choices or not in life. Suddenly there is a shout as a guard comes in with a bloodied woman. Ellen and Yeoman share a glance before Yeoman shouts out asking for Vin. Ellen thinks that he should leave, but then thinks that he should try to kill Yeoman to see if he is an Alamancer or not. Ellen jumps up on the stage and pulls out a pair of glass daggers. Uh, Yeoman calls him a thief, a butcher, and a liar, but he kind of just like shrugs. He's like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, and then the two dinner partners of Yeoman pull out staves as they're actually guards. He shoots coins at the two men, downing them easily, and jumps at Yeoman. He grabs Yeoman around the neck, choking him, but he feels no elementic strength or pushes or pulls. As he lets Yeoman go, Yeoman jumps at him with his own glass dagger and slices Ellen in the arm. Yeoman attacks him again, and Ellen feels he should have been able to dodge, but he moves with Ellen, slicing his side. Ellen tries to counter-strike, but Yeoman dodges it, and Ellen realizes that he is burning ATM, and thus must be a misborn. Yeah, instantly... totally. Not a missing. Ellen instantly begins to burn Electrum, and Yeoman hesitates, looking confused. Uh, so what did you think about Yeoman tricking Ellen into thinking he wasn't an Alamancer, and then attacking him with ATM? 
because I don't think he's actually an Alamancer. I think, he, or I mean, he's I'm an Alamancer. I'm sorry, a Mistborn. I don't think he's a Mistborn. I, I got the same conclusion. One hundred percent. I think he's one hundred percent a misting of the thing. And I also later kind of put a theory together that I think I've already had together before that. So I know. I think both. You, I think Darkness might have been the first one to bring it up, but I think both of you have been thinking for a while there might be a misting of ATM. So if he is, that'd be kind of cool that we get to see one. We've been waiting for that for so long. <laughs> I mean, I still believe that the uh, mist might be doing it to them. Like, that's how you create ATM mistings. Or mistings in general is actually what I was mostly thinking. But mm. uh, it kind of it, it gets concluded, or not concluded, it conc- more, more concrete when uh, it, they talk about later how he uh, went out in the mist and that's how he gained all the people's favor. Well, that wasn't Yoan, oh. that was Kellyon who did that. Oh, okay. Maybe then I was misinterpreting. Yeah, that, that was Spook talking about uh, Quellion. Oh, about, yeah, about the other guy. Okay. Yeah. I got it misconstrued. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ellen quickly leaves, jumping over the nobles in the room and shoving out coins without hitting the nobility so that he can push against them. Gilman doesn't follow him, just watches with an angry glare. Heads out to the outdoor patio and leaves, feeling frustrated but glad that he found out that Yeoman is an Alamancer. He then time skipped to three hours later, and Ellen is at camp, having been patched up and forced to eat. He paces and says that he wants to go back for Vin, but Ham says that Ellen has lost too much blood and only Pewter is likely keeping him up. Then, a messenger arrives with a message from Yeoman. It states that Yeoman had trapped Vin and thanks Ellen for the stimulating conversation that kept Ellen distracted for so long. <laughs> uh, so were you surprised that that was all kind of to Yeoman's plan, this whole thing? I don't think it was actually to his plan. I think he was having a nice stimulating conversation. <laughs> and, and I, I meant in general that like, he expected them to... To try oh, the yeah, storage sure. catch and then yeah. being able to trap Vin. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, that's pretty. It, I, I feel I felt like he had a, something up his sleeve, so, and I, I figured it wasn't gonna go to plan for them. What do you think, Darkness? Like previous to Vin getting trapped? No, like now, like when you when he got the letter from Yeoman, like had had you realized that like every like this whole thing was kind of like oh yeah, Yeoman was expecting it all. I mean, I figured as soon as it happened. So as, as soon as Vin got trapped, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we also had our, like, suspicions, I'm pretty sure, when... Yeah, that it wasn't going to go to plan. Yeah, when we figured that she was going to go in, like, you know, there. Mm-hmm. Get caught, but didn't know how. Because mm. uh, they were, like, literally... I'm sorry. They were foreshadowing okay. it, like, for the whole past, like, yeah. two <laughs> podcast episodes. Where they were like, oh, yeah, we could just sneak in here. We could do this. We could do that. Every single time going in just to fucking figure out how to get in there. <laughs> and then finally, when it happens, they're like, nothing's going to go wrong, and it goes wrong. Yeah, of course, yeah. that's how it usually works. Nothing's <laughs> going to go wrong, it goes wrong completely. So we then switch back to Vin's point of view as she sits with her back to the stone door. Her lantern light is dwindling as she notes that the work she had thought had been done to open the stone door had actually been Yeoman removing the metal in the door so that it couldn't be opened allomantically. She also mm. was unable to get a good enough hold on the door to use Durlimum enhanced pewter to open the door. Uh... And so Vin notes that she had done a quick search of the storage cavern, but hadn't found the ATM, although she thinks that if it is that if it was there, that of course Yoman would have had removed it before setting his trap, even if he didn't have time to remove the rest of the food and supplies. She hopes that Ellen left and hadn't gotten trapped as well. Suddenly, Vin hears a footfall, and then another. She worries that she missed someone during her quick glance around. She burns bronze and feels the mistborn that she had been chasing. She kicks the lantern at the person and jumps at them with her daggers out. The lantern lands at the person's feet, and she sees that it's Serene. So, when you finished this chapter, what were your first thoughts about Reen being there? I'm going to be honest, I knew this was going to happen simply Uh because of the fucking voice beforehand. So, 
here's where I I was reading and I got really upset because oh. I had the I be, I came up with the theory that he was gonna pop out there. And it was because of the voice and because I was like zoning out and shit, just thinking about like why the voice kept fucking appearing, right? Because we went like hell of a like time without it. And I got like I got a theory and now like I don't even I'm not even sure, but I had a theory where like well actually I'm sure because the key confirms it. But he could be lying. Uh where um I was like, what if Rain this whole time was literally like, you know, Ren or whatever. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure I stated that too at the beginning when we were having that long ass conversation. And I will say this the way that he speaks about what he did, like, oh yeah, I've been here so long and blah 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 started kind of making me feel like darkness may be right about Kelsier, especially the next like in that the fact next that he part. didn't appear as Rain physically. Yeah, I was like, okay, maybe it could be that way because like before it was just voices i was like okay he's speaking to him you know but like to be able to manifest the like form as well i was like okay maybe darkness has a point here maybe it is right <laughs> uh so yeah we had um back when zane died in book two we had kind of a conversation because root like it, it got it confirmed that ruin was talking to zane because he specifically said Basically, like, I am actually a god. You're not crazy. You know, and we had the whole talk, when, and I was like, oh, but Reen doesn't actually talk to Vin outside of her head, because we didn't have confirmation that, because Zane only got talked to, like, out loud previously. So I kind of... I mean, it like, wasn't out loud. Oh, but it, nobody else heard it. Yeah, but it was always in, like, quotation marks. Like, it was being spoken out loud. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't know that, so... I, I did mention it. We like, asked, we, yeah, because I asked that. Super... Yeah, because Darkness asked about it, because he's like, oh, what if... Ruin's actually Reen's voice, and I'm like, okay, well, there is the distinction, as far as we know, Ruin has only spoken in quotation marks to Zane, but mm. Reen talks to Vin actually in her head in italics. I'm never gonna forget the fact that you literally tried throwing me off of that. Yep. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, that, that was all we had proof of. I, I was, we don't get proof She's trying until to tell you now. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't she get definitely proof. tried to throw you off. We had a great theory, and she was like, oh no, they're too close. I have to find some way to throw them off. Yeah, it's, I you just know, wanted and to point out some facts that we didn't have I, any proof of it yet. I don't know how, but I I don't think... Fuck, this is so complicated. Because he says he was there from the beginning. beginning. Oh, and by the way, another thing that reinforced it is that line where he's like telling Zane, like, not her in, like, that fucking... Mm-hmm. Like, yep. that, like, yeah, I was like, I... Definitely, he has yeah. history with her, so like that reinforced my like you know prediction of this. So I was like, all right, fuck it, it makes sense. He's like, you can't kill her; she's gonna free me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but like also, it's her, you know. Like he's uh, he obviously has ties with her because he. I'm pretty sure he could have just easily manipulated someone else, but why her? So mm-hmm. and why her since the very beginning? Yeah, because. There's got to be something we don't know about her yet. Because if you think about it, if he was there from the very beginning, then he essentially knew she was going to be the one. Well, maybe it's a god, so, you know. No, but, like, that doesn't explain shit. <laughs> I mean, it does, if he's omnipotent. But he's not. I don't know. They he literally explain thoughts. it. <laughs> yeah. Omnipot- omnipotent doesn't mean he reads thoughts, though. Omnipotent means he can see, basically the future he could see what would happen and he'd be like okay well if i manipulate this small little piece of this this will happen but if he could he wouldn't need to read thoughts in general he doesn't need to read thoughts obviously 
Well, he does because they're pretty much leading up to like defiance. With but he's he's knew what to say as Rin or Reen. Well, he like, essentially with no. Well, yeah, he essentially his whole life. Okay, <laughs> and I mean he he definitely seems to know kind of where you know most people's heads are. So I would assume he knows that there's a rebellion against him coming. You know that these people are trying at least, especially since he, if he's watching. Well, you her, would assume that, considering you know. If he's watching her, I would assume <laughs> that you know he would probably be able to see that. That's what makes me kind of curious because he knows a lot of he sees a lot of shit even before he was released. He saw a lot of shit. So how does he not know where his body is stored? Because. I, an epigraph literally dedicated to this whole fucking conversation, bro. <laughs> yes and no, but I know which one you're talking about, but yes and no. Let's keep going because we will get more with Reen in the next chapter. Okay. Uh, so sure. Chapter 45 uh, is the start of part four, which is called Beautiful Destroyer, and the epigraph is, a man with a given power, such as an alimentic ability, who then gained a hemallergic spike granting that same power, would be nearly twice as strong as a natural, unenhanced alimancer. An Inquisitor, who was a Seeker before his transformation, would therefore have an enhanced ability to use bronze. This simple fact explains how many Inquisitors were able to pierce copper clouds. So what do you think about this increase in power when having a hemologic spike for an alimentic power that a person already has? I mean, it makes sense. We pretty much also came up with that. I mean, that, that right there made me think about the whole earring that's in her ear right now. And being like, oh, could that be a hemologic spike? That's what I was thinking when uh, Rin uh, popped up or whatever. Rin? Rin. Yeah. Whatever his name is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you stated it yourself that uh, you know Sanderson doesn't really care what we say, how we, how the names are said. Yeah. You know, to moo. Uh, but yeah. So apparently, Inquisitors can pierce copper clouds because they were a seeker, and then also get a spike from a seeker. Wait. Um. So there was a time where where Vin, uh, like, uh, I've been mixing their names together. Like, that's Ooh. why I say Reen like that. Oh, yeah, you're mixing Vin and Reen. <laughs> but there was a time there was a time that uh, Vin didn't have her earring on, right? There's yep. been two moments where she hasn't had her earring. One was when fighting the Lord Ruler, because the Lord Ruler basically shoved it out of her ear. Uh, and another was when she was in the Well of Ascension, because she had to like, remove all metals from her person to enter the Well. Why Which... is that? Why is it? She has it on now, right? And she's had yes. it ever since. Yep. And then, uh, she... if you if you think about it, ever since she, every time she has it in, the mist doesn't seem to. That's what I was gonna say. To see her. Yeah. But, so and yet the, we're we're talking of the mist being of preservation in some and way. Preservation is so, not gonna like hemolurgy. Yeah. So. so exactly, and hemolurgy is of ruin. So maybe she putting the earring in her ear makes it hemolurgic in some way, shape, or form, because, I mean, we did get a confirmation that it doesn't matter what so the size of the metal is. What does gold do? Is it gold? No, no I, I, think the, I think the earring is bronze. Is it copper? Is it copper or bronze? I don't remember. I know it wasn't something like... You know, <laughs> I have, I've had it's a silver-plated bronze stud. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, what does bronze do again? That's the, that's the, the seeker ability. That's yeah, copper clouds. So that's why she can pierce copper clouds. Yes, that's the whole point that I'm making. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. that. While she's wearing the earring, her ability is heightened, and then you know she's able to pierce these copper clouds. I mean, but it, it like who the fuck? You know how crazy it would be to be a Mistborn and then just start 
spiking your ears with different like metals. Yeah, but to... that's what that's what I'm like confused about because it says that in specific areas it would yeah, be it has like to be in specific the... areas. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, why the fuck the ear? Like, I don't think I don't know if that's gonna work. I mean, but it, I don't know. It's it's exactly like you can't just obviously you couldn't just spike your ears in, in like different metals. But I'm just saying, like I'm thinking about that whole thing. Like, ooh, if I yeah. just like a bunch of shit as a mistborn, and then I'm like, you I'm know, gonna look badass and also be powerful. Like, yeah, everything is super powerful now, you know. Low key, yeah. I would rock out looking like bedazzled all over my bad my body. <laughs> I mean, Come out looking like a fairy chemist. Uh, <laughs> no, I would much, literally yeah, be worse. Much, honestly, <laughs> that is uh, very interesting. I would start sparkling into sunlight. <laughs> oh God, vampire from Twilight. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, so we continue with Vin's point of view as she stops her attack, staring at Reen, who looks a bit different after four years, although he has the same posture and facial expressions. However, Vin thinks back, knowing that all the harsh things Reen did to her in the past had been to try to keep her from standing out and being caught by the Inquisitors. She has stayed with him because she knew he had loved her. Vin accuses the person of not being her brother, potentially being a Chondra. Reen protests to being a Chondra, and Vin asks about Tensoon, but Reen continues to deny being a Chondra. Vin hits Reen with a burst of Duralumin and Zinc, to try and take him over as a Chondra, but he doesn't even stumble, let alone go under her control. This meant that he wasn't a Chondra, but she knew that he wasn't Reen either. So she attacks. Reen dodges, and Vin can still feel him burning metals, although she can't pin down which ones for some reason. Reen could have snapped in their time apart, but as far as she knew, Reen did not have a noble father like she did. Uh, so did you think at this point that it was possible that he was a Chondra, or are you just completely convinced about the whole ruin thing? No. I, I knew it was in Conjure. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was in Conjure the moment after she decided to use her abilities and it didn't work. But And also the fact that I'm pretty sure she sensed Alimantic abilities mm-hmm. before testing out that he was a Conjure. Yeah. And we know that, well, you know, they can't really use Alimanties. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so Reen continues to dodge her attacks and Vin notes that he isn't using coins to jump around. The lantern light flickers out and Vin uses the darkness to try to attack, using bronze to sense where the fake Reen is by his Alimantic pulses. However, Reen still dodges, and Vin thinks that he's using tin to hear her. Thus, she knocks over a shelf as she attacks <laughs> again, but he still dodges her. She feels like something is wrong, and as she focuses on the feeling of the alimentic pulses, she realizes that she had thought at one point that this was the Miss Spirit. Vin feels afraid for the first time since being imprisoned, as she asks why they have come here. The thing laughs, and it approaches without footsteps. The pulses grow enormous and overpowering, as the thing speaks in her head, saying it should have known that she wouldn't be fooled. Vin asks what it wants, but the thing tells her that she knows what it wants. The thing was Ruin, and it wanted everything in the world to come to an end. Uh, so what did you think about uh, Ruin meeting up with Vin like this? Uh, pretty cool. Do you have a Miss uh, Spirit Theory? Mythic? Do I have a Miss Spirit Theory? I still think it's uh, preservation. Yes, but also this kind of gives us more like of a push towards that. What, that it's preservation? Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of, but I mean, I think a lot of things have been telling me like that, you know, the Miss Spirit is like preservation, but preservation. Well, she just literally compared him to like a Miss Spirit. Yeah, he he literally his elementic pulses feel exactly the same. They're like a weird kind yeah. of obscured. Alimancy. So I'm wondering, because I feel like it's either Kelsier, like you know, ruin situation. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's just McGabber. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go keep going. So annoying, bro. <laughs> I'm about to like throw him out. <laughs> Your cat is very but annoying. You're not wrong. It's either like a Kelsier, you know, image sort of like ruined, controlled or whatever, mm-hmm. or it's like actually 
preservation being being able to like take physical form now. Because I was thinking if if um if Ruin is getting that powerful Make and they're meant to keep yeah. they're meant to keep each other in balance, then you know mm-hmm. preservation is gonna have to get just as powerful as well. It's gonna have to start catching up. Or it could just be Kelsey being a god himself again, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still hoping for that. But like I said, I, 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 I feel like you may be onto something a little bit with that. Even if it's preservation, you might have been on something about the fact that, you know, maybe Kelsier isn't actually Kelsier. But I really want it to be Kelsier. Kelsier is a god. Yeah. I mean, in, in all honesty, godhood in most sense in general is just the belief in you know like you have a belief in something and then yeah. that powers that god up kind of idea like that's what their whole thing is that's why i was basing it off like oh, oh maybe it is like kelsey you know yeah but so i'm hoping it's a god because you know it would be real funny for uh it to be actually kelsey <laughs> I, I don't know his mannerisms though like compared to how he was in the first book is kind of weird so vin says that she's going to stop ruin but ruin replies that it is life itself as nothing can end without it Finn asks Rune to stop taunting her and asks why it showed up now. However, Rune replies that it has always been with Finn. It then speaks into oh, her head as Reen, giving the common advice that Finn has always thought was just part of her psyche from Reen's teachings. Rune replies that it has been with Finn since her first years of life. So why do you think Rune has been speaking to Finn all of her life? Like, I didn't ask that question, like, fucking, what, yeah. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but, hey, you gotta, she, she writes these long before we even have these talks. That's true. <laughs> Definitely didn't uh, write them half an hour ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, or I think it's an hour ago at this point. So we've been doing this for half an hour now. Maybe he has a crush. You know, <laughs> that would be weird, Maybe especially with him displaying himself as a like her brother. I know, right? So interesting. Um, that's a good question. And yeah, what's your answer, Douglas? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still. I'm literally still trying to figure out why her. Like, <laughs> do, I mean, do you have any thoughts, Mythic? been feeling the same way i mean i think she's some i um i mean i was think she was kind of related like it has to do with her like she's related to ruin something well i mean if you think back as far back when we got like a small little snippet of her mother calling her the queen i mean yeah that's what i was thinking it could be something to that extent but uh, her so mother was weird, bro. Her mom was insane. Mother was. Mother, I don't yeah. think she was insane, oh. though. Oh. Yeah, what if, what if she wasn't insane? What if she just saw too much, you know? Maybe maybe she she's been spoken to Ruin, too. Yeah, maybe. I don't think she would have been spoken to Ruin. Maybe Ruin was trying to get her to open first. <laughs> open it first. <laughs> what if she was just gobbling down? I mean, like... think about that, though. Like, right? Uh, Vin couldn't have been the first. There's no way. Well, the question There's is, no would could he have been able to escape before the Well of Ascension refilled? Because if not, then he would have had to wait until basically now to get someone to do this. Although he may have tried to kill the Lord Ruler in the past, so it would have been easier That's in what I'm the saying. future. Yeah, but, saying. She, yeah, he probably he couldn't could, have had anyone go could have been the, the first he tried to manipulate and mm-hmm. wait, doing why, for this. So. I may be blanking right now, but why the fuck could he not escape after, like... Why, why can't he escape when they drain the power? Because... I mean, that's kind of explained a little bit later here in one of the epigraphs, I'm pretty sure, about the fact that he, the way he was sealed. Yeah, I think this is actually literally this next epigraph that we're about to read. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we go into that? Yeah. Sure. All right, so chapter 46, epigraph. Ruin's escape deserves some explanation. This is a thing that even I had a problem understanding. Ruin could not have used the power at the Well of Ascension. It was of preservation. Ruin's fundamental opposite. 
Indeed, a direct conversation of these two forces would have caused the destruction of both. Ruin's prison, however, was, a f was fabricated of that power. Therefore, it was attuned to the power of preservation, the very power of the well. When that power was released and dispersed rather than utilized, it acted as a key. The subsequent unlocking is what finally freed Ruin. So yeah, so apparently, so apparently he couldn't escape until the power was basically dispersed because then it wasn't kind of contained around him. What? <laughs> you see, this is where I was like, like I read it and then I was like, I can't think too much about this one because I don't <laughs> understand it. I don't. And I was like, hopefully so, they explain it to me. So, th so, so think about it this way, right? At least this is how I gather it, right? Think of it as if preservation casts a, a, a cage around you know, him in general, his presence or whatever, right? Cast a cage. And because he is the polar opposite of it, he is repelled constantly from this cage, meaning that he will never be able to escape that cage because he is never able to push out of it. You know, you, you understand ma magnetism, right? How yeah. each one, if, mm -hmm. if you take, if you take something that is, you know, different, like two, two different things, they would, they attract where if you took, two things that are of the same, they're going to repel each other constantly. And because, in my opinion, you know, what I, my thought was is they're one of the same, you know, like they're the same creature split in two, kind of mm -hmm. idea, the same god split in two. They would all both be the same power, just like different versions of that power. And so, because of this, that cage is always repelling him. And until that cage is removed, he can't get out of that cage. And because he can't do anything himself, and then uh, the others that are basically, you know, his power also can't do anything of that, it, you know, it makes it so you have to, you have, to what, have somebody else like, come in. Through it. I, mm -hmm. I understand that part, but why does letting the power go act as removing the, the you know, thing? Because uh, I think it kind of, like, instead of keeping it, like, all contained in one spot, it's basically dispersed throughout the world. So, like, it's kind of, like, spread thin, so he's able to, like, break through break the through. bonds. Mm -hmm. So it's a much oh. weaker force around him. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of like that. It's a little, it's a little difficult. <laughs> I was just thinking, because, like, it would make more sense if you took the power for yourself. Because then it would be, like, absorbing what's keeping him caged. But then... They did talk about how that he like like the Lord Ruler did only take like or absorbed one power, right? Mm -hmm. Like one type of the powers of like the Well of Ascension or whatever. He, he took the power of preservation and used it for like a couple minutes, and that's all he got. Yeah, so. which also I don't make doesn't make sense to me, but you know. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah, if you're taking the power what, what, of preservation, ah. and that's depleting, you know, like the fact that like that's the power that's like fucking keeping him there so like how is he not like out if it's like getting used i think it mentioned in like previous epigraphs that you can't really fully consume the power the power is the world like in everything so like you're basically taking it for a time but like you can't really use it up it's it that's why it always comes back like you, it, you can't fully actually use it because it is everything ever yeah you can't ever fully use it so what makes it so different from absorbing the power like that and still not being able to disperse it enough to, like, get rid of the cage and just, like, dispersing it in general? I think, again, it's, it's because it's, like, concentrated in this one area, whereas if you, like, set it out, like, you're, like, somehow using the power to, like, force it outwards in a way. 
I, I'm not. I'm not really sure how to explain it. <laughs> it's it's a bit confusing. That whole thing. If there's not an explain a better explanation for that, that feels like too iffy for me. Um. Anyway, so we switched to Say's point of view as he and Breeze discussed Spook in the storage catch under the Canton of Inquisition. Breeze was eating some of the canned goods as he was tired of rations, and Sayus didn't complain since he doubted Breeze can make any sort of dent in the amount of canned goods stored here. Uh, due to what had happened, the citizen now had guards patrolling the streets and a group of soldiers outside the ministry building that were uh, that they were staying in. Sayus worries that the citizen had connected them with Spook. Alrian asks why Spook hasn't come back yet, and Breeze says that Spook likely doesn't want to be seen coming to them. Sayus also says he might not be able to get past the soldiers and into the building, um, but Alrian says Spook uh, was able to sneak into... The, the burning building, so he should be able to sneak into here. She also says she wishes Spook had snuck out of the burning building like he was able to sneak into it. But Breeze replies that a freedom-fighting vigilante means that you need your enemies to see you burst out of a burning building with a child that they are about to burn alive. Yep. Uh, Sazed also notes that they ignored Spook too much and that he isn't so young anymore. Sazed brings up how Spook shouldn't have been able to survive his fall from the roof to the street without breaking his bones. Breeze suggests that maybe it was staged, but Sage doesn't think so. Breeze asks if Sage thinks Spook was secretly a Mistborn the whole time, and Sage just replies that he doesn't know. Breeze replies that he refuses to believe Spook could have hidden that from them, and Sage agrees in his mind that Spook isn't the deceitful type. He also wonders if there are any records of a Misting becoming a Mistborn later in life, but he doesn't have his copper mines on him at the moment. He then thinks that there is no reason to check his metal mines as he knows there are no mentions of a Misting becoming a Mistborn. Uh, so at this point, why did you think Spook hadn't come back yet? Because we, we find out what he's doing in a bit, but... <laughs> Honestly, I thought he was off, like, you know, doing, like, what he's supposed to do as the quote-unquote uh, survivor of the flame. <laughs> <laughs> he's off saving people. Yeah, he's, like, in a little adventure, you know, just, like, doing what he needs to to rescue people. But, yeah. you know. Where did you think he was, Vic? I don't even remember what I thought when, when this was originally. I don't think I even thought about it. All right, that's fine. I just, I just figured he was out doing his own shit. <laughs> you see, you see, like he's supposed to just, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that after you already know where he was at. So yeah, bro. Oh my god, I cringe so. He's bad. so cringe. I know why you're sad. That's the biggest cringe moment for me for for Spook. It's the worst always thing I think back at. The worst thing is that I read that in the Batman voice. That's how I always read it too. <laughs> I I feel like I missed something here. Because I don't know what y'all are talking about. We'll, we'll get Especially to it in you're talking actually. about when, you get to, when we get to... When he meets up with Beldre, and he's like, I know yeah, why okay, you're sad, Beldre. Yeah, okay. I yeah, know okay. why I you're heard. sad. Yeah, <laughs> As he okay. comes out of the mist. I know why you're sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what everyone talks about, is like the biggest like cringe spook moment. Is just, I, ima I, know I imagine sad. him like... You know, in those like movie scenarios where they're like reaching out from like the darkness with their like arms out, and they're like hunched over, just like creeping out. That's what I imagined when I read that. <laughs> yeah, I literally uh, when I was writing these notes, I went to Jesus, and I'm like, Jesus, I got to the I know why you're sad part. He's like, Oh God, the spook talk with Beldre. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, <laughs> he knew instantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Sage goes over to his room, which is sectioned off area of the cavern by hung sheets. Inside is his portfolio on a table, as well as his sack with his cop- with, not with his copper mines, with all of his metal mines. He ignores his metal mines and sits at this table, opening his portfolio to a religion about the ne Nelizen people who had worshipped the god Trell. This religion was one Satan had been partial to, and was about, uh, and it was all about learning the study of mathematics and the heavens. As he, as he reads, though, he sees holes in its doctrines. The teachings of the afterlife were sketchy and vague, with just responses to any questions being, ask Trell and he will answer. 
Says puts the religion to the side, not casting it out completely as he feels he isn't in the right mood for studying. Says wonders if maybe it was possible for a misting to become a mistborn, as they obviously hadn't known everything about Allomancy, as they used to think there were only 10 medals until a few years ago. He also wonders if Spook was taking drugs, and that was why his eye co he had eye coverings and could survive the fall. Just, just taking all the drugs, dude. <laughs> um, so do you think Sage is going to figure out what's going on with Spook? Yeah. I feel like he's going to find something out, but I don't know if it's going to be the exact thing. Uh, so here we go. We then switch to Spook's point of view as he tells Beldre he knows why she is so sad. Beldre turns <laughs> to look at him in shock as she hadn't seen him. He says that he had thought it had been about the gardens, and mentions that he knows that they must have lived in noble society once. She looks shocked, and he says that he knows that her brother is a coin shot. She takes a step back from him, and Spook continues to talk, and says that he doesn't believe she is sad about the gardens. And he next thought that it was about being excluded from her brother's meetings. He says he understands the feeling of being left out. Uh, do you think Spook should have revealed that he knew Kellyon as an Alamancer? Do you think that was smart? I don't think it would matter at that point. Because... <laughs> She already knows that he's trying to kill him, so it doesn't matter. Fair. Yeah, and all honesty, that's the L part. The whole, I'm gonna kill your brother thing. <laughs> I'm gonna kill your brother! Okay, thanks for telling me! <laughs> I'm gonna kill your brother, but also, I know why you're sad. <laughs> <laughs> you're so beautiful, I know why you're sad, Beltry. I've been watching you this whole okay, time. first off, first off, first off, did we expect anything else from this man when he literally did the same, pretty much the same thing to fucking Vin? That's true, he did. Followed her around the entire time like a little puppy dog, and then he's like, like him for that. oh man, I'm gonna totally do this again, you know, because I didn't learn my lesson the first time. Spook, Spook is, he struggles with women, okay? He's, I think it's cute, Loki. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a, uh, he's definitely a, like, you know, teenager that hasn't gotten out of that phase yet. He's 20 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't gotten out of that phase yet. Oh, gosh, Spook. Oh my god. He's what almost your age, age, Darkness. <laughs> He's the same age. I thought you were 21 now. I'm 20! God damn it. I'm so bad with your age. You're too young. It all We've literally together. discussed this every fucking podcast at this <laughs> we point. We do not. Uh, so Spook then says that being left out would only have led to frustration, not sadness. He steps forward and tells her that he had never killed until today even though he had helped topple empires. He says he understands her sorrow, but is trying to figure out why she feels it. Elder says the guards are watching, but Spook replies that there isn't any, as Kellyon has sent too many out into the city. Kelsier tells Spook to kill Kellyon, and that he deserves it. However, Spook thinks that he can't do that today, not in front of her. Do you agree that Spook should have taken this opportunity to kill Kellyon? Yes. But also, at this point is where I was like, uh... Maybe Darkness's ruin theory is right because he's so adamant about him killing him, and I'm like, every Kelsier attraction really has been like, "Hey, you should kill Kellyon. Hey, you're gonna need to kill these guards. Hey, you should go kill this guy." Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of killing, man. Like what's going on? I mean, I understand, and you know, his when he was Kelsier, like you know, like he that's pretty pretty spot on, but little overpowered here right now. <laughs> okay, but maybe Kelsier's just salty, you know. <laughs> He's like, oh, how dare this God. guy talk like he knows me and go around killing yeah. Ska? Fuck this guy. Uh, so Beldre asks if he just came to taunt her, and he says, and says he can't understand her. Spook replies that he saw her guilt when she watched the people be marched into the burning building. He says she feels sorrow because she feels like she should have been able to stop her brother. Spook then says she can't stop him as he's been corrupted by power. He says that Kellyon may once have been a good man, but now he kills people and threatens Alamancers so that they will work for him. Beldre calls him a simplistic fool. Spook says that he's killing children just to cover up the fact that he's gathering Alamancers. Beldry tells him to go, and Spook asks her to come with him as he's planning to overthrow her brother. He tells her that he is part of the survivor's crew, and that Kellyon will, hard, uh, will hardly be a challenge compared to the Lord Ruler. 
Beldry tells Spook that she'll start screaming, and Spook tries to convince her that if she joins them, maybe there will be a more peaceful way to get Kellyon to stop. She, however, does start screaming, and Kelsier tells him to go kill Kellyon before it's too late. However, I will Spook- say, the moment he said that, oh, you just join us, and then, you know, we can find a peaceful solution to your brother instead of killing him. I'm like, all right, first off, you just gave her the perfect plan. <laughs> I, she's going to come in here and just infiltrate your entire operation. And then just relay it to fucking her brother. Like, yeah. the fuck is, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Whoever Spook then flees, leaving Kelly on alive for now. Uh, so yeah, what did you think overall about Spook and Belger's conversation? Uh, I mean, I didn't think it was as cringe as you guys think it is, but I mean, I also understand the whole, like, you know, teenage mentality of... It's mainly the first line where he's like, he I acts. know why you're sad. I know why you're sad. Just, just that one line. I mean, the rest of it is not as I mean, bad, but that one he, line. He, I mean, he has been for like the last bit, this last bit, like thinking that he's much better than he actually is. So, I mean, it doesn't shock me that he would just come out and be like, hey, by the way, I know why you're sad. And then just give a bunch of theories on why she's sad. <laughs> what did you think, Darkness, about the conversation? It was interesting. <laughs> I feel like Very, she had a pretty um, normal reaction to the whole thing. She's like backing yeah, away. Yeah, I was like, so I'm confused. Start <laughs> yeah, if somebody did that shit to me, I would be like, okay, like, They're like I've don't... seen you in the gardens every night, not being uh-huh. part of your brother's conversations. You're like, okay, you've been stalking me. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to somebody's heart, right? You just stalk them and <laughs> get to know them from a distance, and then, you know, at some point, once you've gathered all the information that you need, you go in closer to them and you go, hey, by the way, I've been stalking you, and here's all the information I know about you now. Yeah, I that's understand. Are you impressed? I'm gonna kill your brother. Right. That's the other one, yeah, that's another great way to get to somebody's heart. I'll kill your brother. Um, okay. It's good times. Great. Maybe he's just spicy. That's how Jesus, that's how Jesus got you, right? Oh yeah, no, that's 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 he why I don't have any siblings because he he killed he just my brother. Stalked you at the campus? Yeah, he just stalked you at the campus, <laughs> and then he was like, "Hey, I've seen you from afar for a very yeah. long time, and I know everything about you. You go to this class and that class and this class." By the way, I killed your brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, the your brother that you had, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, that, that's why I have no more siblings. You're like, oh my god, so impressive. I we know, should, right? you know, like get together. <laughs> And then ten years later, you know? <laughs> Almost ten. Nine and a half. And then ten years later. <laughs> or wait, eight and a half or nine and a half? Midnight. Eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half years. <laughs> oh, midnight. Uh, okay, I was going to say. It was 2015. If you, if you, said, if you said, oh wait, maybe it has been ten, I was going to be like, how do I know your relationship no, better than you? No, it's eight and a half because it was 2015. Oh my god, 2015. Together. God, you guys are such babies. Oh my god, that was like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I know. Wow, that's um, crazy. <laughs> anyway, so we move back to Say's point of view, as he stares at his metal mines that are all laid out in front of him. Most of them were drained from the fight back in Luthadel, and were rings, bracelets, and clasps. However, the most important ones were four copper bracers for his upper and lower arms, the largest of his metal mines. Say's thinks about how, when he had been young, another ferrochemist had read out his full copper mines so that Say's could store them himself. The Keepers had stored all sorts of knowledge, but most of them had tried to find information on their own religion, which had been destroyed during the chaos of the Lord Ruler taking over. Zayst wonders what would have happened if they had found their religion, and then thinks that probably nothing would have happened. He glances back at his portfolio, knowing there are only 50 religions left for him to review. As he works on polishing his metal mines, he wonders what the point of looking through the last 50 is when none of the others had given him any insight. 
Breeze uh, is also in the room with him, claiming he couldn't sleep while Spook was still out there. Uh, so do you think Sage is going to make it through all his religions before the end of the book? No, I think he's going to get uh, balance. He's going to become balance, and then, you know, he'll just have all the information he needs. <laughs> what do you think, Darkness? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I have this feeling of, like, I know you guys, I know how you guys feel about him and his, like, actions and all that shit. But in my eyes, this is a chance for him to redeem himself. Umi mm-hmm. specifically. I see. So, I mean, that makes sense. But, uh, I mean, I think, in all honesty, I think he's going to find, as he goes through these religions, he's going to end up actually finding his, the religion of the terrorist people. But, mm. And then he won't have to look through the rest of them because he already has the religion they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise Joke. Jokes on all of us, he is the religion of his people. Honestly, that would be the worst case scenario because this man's not a leader. <laughs> uh, he, does, he doesn't need to be a leader, he needs to be a religious figure. <laughs> he needs to be a god, like you said, uh, Mythic. I mean, he, is, he is a god already, he just doesn't know it. Okay? This um, man has been a god since the start of this entire like series. So, Breeze asks why Says polishes the metal mines that he doesn't wear anymore, and asks why he doesn't just wear them. Uh, Breeze also implies this is about Tindwill, but Says says it's not. Says says that when the Lord Ruler fell, he went out teaching, and it had gone very poorly. He says no one was interested in his teachings of past religions. He says that what is stored in his metal mines is of little use to people. Breeze asks if Says doesn't wear the metal mines because he thinks they are useless, and Says replies that it is more than that, as wearing the metal mines is to pretend that he thinks the information in them is of use. He says that wearing them is like a betrayal, as he is not ready to believe as he did before. Bree says he thinks Sazed is wrong, that struggling in the darkness like they are now is exactly when they need knowledge. Breeze also asks if he truly believes that no one is watching over them. Sazed replies that he has yet to decide. At times he has hope, but on days like today he finds that hope to be distant. He says that he is not sure that they can fight the darkness, or that he wants to fight it. Breeze looks concerned at that. What do you think about Sazed kind of feeling like he wants to give up at times? Oh, he sounds almost like he's human. Oh god, a god a god is becoming human. Seized? <laughs> what about Seized? No, were we talking about Seized? Yeah, we're talking about Seized. Yeah, okay, seized. yeah, that makes god, sense. Seized. <laughs> Sorry, I started zoning out because I was thinking about some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah. Do tell, do tell. I was just thinking about like what it means, like like all the like key phrases, like the sliver of infinity and like balance and all that. Uh, so an earthquake suddenly comes, and Breeze looks up at the ceiling, stating that he wonders if hiding in a cave is really for the best. Says replies that they don't have much choice. Breezen asks if the quakes are coming more frequently, which Says replies that they are. Breezen states that, must be, that maybe this region is just more prone to them, but he doesn't sound convinced. Gordel then rushes over, telling them that Spook has come back. Breezen says get up, hurrying over to meet with Spook near the entrance of the cavern. Spook instantly begins giving orders, telling them that they need to start spreading rumors in the city about the Alamancers that Kellyon is using and how he is keeping their families hostage. Spook then asks Says if there is a way to revert the canals to flood the streets. Says says that it could, uh, it could possibly happen, and Spook tells him to use his metal mines to get the engineering knowledge to do it. Says hesitates, and Spook tells him they don't have much time, that he is going to expose Kellyon for being an alamancer himself, and that it should be enough if they give the people someone else to follow. Says then asks Spook what he is hiding from them. How did he survive the fall from the building? Spook replies that he isn't sure he can explain, as he is still trying to figure it out himself. He says he will explain eventually, but asks Says to trust him for now. Says looks into Spook's eyes and can see that he cares. Says thinks that as long as he doesn't use his metal minds to preach religions, he isn't being a hypocrite. So he agrees. Uh, so why do you think Spook just won't tell Says what is going on? Because Spook doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> 
I mean, even if he doesn't really understand it, he can still be like, hey, uh, I can now well, use man, pewter. I mean, he also... No, he also did try, though, didn't he? When he was, like, yeah. talking about Kelsier. And then immediately was, like, kind of almost shot down without even realizing. I was... Realizing, so. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that, and I'm like, if... If you I try to, like, explain that shit to a man who literally was, like, not even, like, giving you a chance, like... Yeah, like, you're... You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. Mm. Uh, and what do you think is going to happen with, like, Spook's plan? What do, you, what do you think his, like, full plan kind of is here? I don't think he has one. Create... I think he does. Create dissent. Uh, create a problem that he has to... That he'll have to use his allomancy to solve, and then... It would out him immediately to everybody, you know, without him actually having to just go around and be like, hey, he's an Alamancer, <laughs> you know, because nobody's going to believe him, first off. I mean, it's a rumor. But if you prove it by making them, you know, actually, you know, use their ability, then <laughs> you, yeah, nobody would, you know, distrust that because they saw it with their own eyes. All right. So chapter 47, get more stuff about ruin in the prison. Rune's prison was not like those that hold men. He wasn't bound by bar. In fact, he could move about freely. His prison, rather, was one of impotence. In the terms of forces and gods, this meant balance. If Ruin were to push, the prison would push back, essentially rendering Ruin powerless. And because much of his power was stripped away and hidden, he was unable to affect the world in any but the most subtle of ways. I should stop here and clarify something. We speak of Ruin being freed from his prison, but that is misleading. Releasing the power at the well tipped the aforementioned balance back toward Ruin. But he was still too weak to destroy the world in the blink of an eye as he yearned to do. This weakness caused by Ruin, uh, by part of Ruin's power, his very body, having been taken and hidden from him, which was why Ruin became so obsessed with finding the hidden part of himself. So... What if that body is Vin? But he knows where Vin is. But how does... What if he doesn't know it's his body? What if that's why he... Why he's so, like, uh, affixed to her without even realizing it? Or know? what if he simply just can't take it? Can't take the body yet. He has to do something. Yeah. He has to corrupt her. Oh, that would mm, uh, that would be an interesting tidbit. Because this makes me want to go back to that like point of like, what if like he needs? <laughs> I know this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna what? start that shit all over again. But what if he needs it to be like you know willing? <laughs> A willing? Oh god, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. Or like, what if she just needs to be again? spiked, bro? Uh, maybe. I mean, she is spiked in technicality. If we if we're thinking of the earring being a spike, well, more if spiked. We're not thinking, yeah, you're you're saying like actually spiked with like a powerful thing or whatever, like something. Yeah, because it has to be more than one spike for that, right? Uh, no, maybe. I don't think so. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't remember that being a stipulation for hemology, but possible. Yeah, we don't we don't know much about hemology except the exact conditions kind of for Chondra and Kolos. We don't even fully know the exact conditions for Inquisitors because they have more like so they don't seem to have spikes. like a specific amount of spikes, yeah. as far as we know. Mm, I thought there was eight. Well, there there was a certain amount that they normally had, but they've also been getting more of them and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, he's have... making another creature. He's making another creature, but you know, mm. that's what that's my thought. Remember, sixteen. Yeah. After. But considering they can get more, we don't know what like the minimum number of spikes technically they need is. We just know how many the Lord Ruler generally gave them. Eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, just a theory, a misborn theory. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so we go back to Ellen's point of view as he stands in the mist, staring upward. It had been three days since Finn had been captured. He thinks that he shouldn't have let her go, though, with such a risky plan 
or go through with such a risky plan, and also thinks that if their positions were reversed, Vin would have found a way to save him by now. Yeoman hasn't sent any word since telling Ellen that he had captured Vin, and he thinks that Vin will figure out a uh, figure out a figure a way out of this. Ellen thinks God, about damn. get your words right. Sorry. Ellen thinks about how Vin had grown to distrust the mist, but he finds the mist to be calming and gives him confidence. He I wonder that, why she mistrusts the mist. Hmm. He thinks that uh, he should probably trust Vin's instincts over his own, though. Do you think Ellen should trust think the so. mist or not? I think I think Ellen is on the right page. I think Vin's crazy. The mist <laughs> is their friend. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ellen, sh- Ellen should be besties with the mist, babe. <laughs> Wait, he's not already besties with the mist? No. Clearly he's besties with, uh, what's his name? Ruin? The general. <laughs> Gordel? Oh, or Demo? Demo. Demo, Demo yeah. Demo, yeah. Demo. Um, Demox. <laughs> Demox, yeah. Demox, yeah. That's it. Uh, so Cezan brought over to him, and he asks if Ham is around, which Ellen replies that he is dealing with some fist fights that broke out in the ranks of soldiers. Set replies that the men are restless and that they are like Kolos and that they le- if you leave them too long, they'll fight amongst each other. Ellen, however, thinks instead that Kolos are like men, and they should have seen that earlier. Mm-hmm. Seth then says that Vin is as good as dead, and Ellen replies that she isn't, and thinks that she'll surprise Set. Seth then says that Ellen is in denial, and asks if, if they are going to attack to try to get her back. Set also says no. that they need to stop the siege, as they won't last long, considering they are now on half rations. Apparently Set had Which been sending- shocked me. Mm-hmm. So apparently Set was sending out raiding parties to nearby villages to try and get food and supplies, but the villages are also starving, so the raiders are coming back empty-handed. Um, so what did you think about the villages nearby starving? Do you think this is, like, on purpose? Like, Yeoman's keeping supplies from them so that the, the army can't get supplies? Or do you think they're just, in general, the whole area is just starving? I think the whole fucking area is just starving, babe. I'm just, I don't see the way that that could be a plan, but, I mean, it could be. He's pretty much thought out of everything else, so. That is true. <laughs> Him and his seer powers, you know? Oh! I was just thinking, like, Mm-hmm. What if he? Are you, are you in the same wavelength as me? I bet you were. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Okay, go I on. I was like, what if he's like a savant? Of like... Yep, that's my thought too. <laughs> yep. I was like, the way that he just, you know, avoided all of Ellen's attacks and shit, I was like, hmm, what if this man actually has been using this power so much? Which also then made me think, okay, what if the. Uh, ATM was in that stash in the That's bottom, the and then and he's just been shit. constantly using it. You know. Yeah. Uh huh. I still hope it's in the trust though, because that's that just sounds really fucking funny. He trusted the uh, the conjurer with the element uh, with the ATM. What does the ATM do for conjurer again? Uh, as far as we know, all all it's done is they get paid. It's in currency. ATM. Yeah, it's currency. Yeah. At this current moment, that's what we have. We have not gotten a single hint of ATM. Anywhere in the conscious chapters. No. All we know is they it's, have a trust. That's what I have. And it's it's going to be in the chest. You know? That's right. Where else would it be? I mean, even if it wasn't the ATM that he's hiding, what if it's the ATM that they've been paid with? Yeah. It's in the chest vault, you know? <laughs> uh, so Ellen then asks if Set thinks of him as a bad king. Set replies that he does, but that Ellen has something he didn't, that people like and trust Ellen. He says that the men are influenced by Elland, and that one of the raiding parties even felt so bad for the people of the village that they stayed to help them water fields and do repairs on some of their homes. Set says that the, when the world is falling apart, even he would rather have someone to trust instead of fear. Set says that he no longer thinks that a siege is a good idea. 
Then Ellen hears another fight break out and sees Demo step in and try to stop it. However, instead, Demo gets punched in the face. Yeah, Ellen... fuck you, Demo. <laughs> Ellen curses and pushes himself over to them and sues the people fighting and yells at the and yells at them to stop. Ellen demands for one of them to explain, and the one standing over Demo says that they're that they're cursed and that they are the reason Vin got taken. He says that he finds it hypocritical for them to speak about the survivor and that he is tired of listening to them. So what do you think about the men not respecting or wanting to follow Demo as their general? That made me upset, like he, especially when he got punched. And I'm so satisfied with this, with what's supposed to happen to him now. What happens to the the guy I punched want, him? I want you to execute yeah. that man. Mm-hmm. Execute him. I was like, like please be an execution. Please. I was like, Jesus Christ, Ellen, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> of all people, to say execution was the first option. Oh my god. Well, I got so happy you... when he said that. Yeah, apparently oh. it's the law that if you if you attack your like your general, you man get makes executed. the laws. He's the emperor. He <laughs> makes the laws. I... To be fair, that's like fucking like treason at that point. <laughs> uh, so Hamlin yeah. shows up, and Ellen nods at the fighting men for Ham to take away for reprimand. Ellen then helps pull Demo to his feet, and Demo says he should have expected that. Ellen says that this whole misfall and curse thing is stupid, but Demo replies that the men are looking for someone to blame their bad luck on. Ellen tells Ham that the men struck Demo, a general, and thus they need to follow the law and execute him. Ham replies that he had to break up another fight between some men and some misfallen as well. Ellen then tells Demo to gather about 300 men around the number of misfallen and go back to Luthadel to support Penrod with the riots. Ham tells him that this is the right thing to do, and Ellen replies that it isn't, just like it isn't right to execute that man for one lapse in judgment. However, he needs to keep his army together. I agree. I Ellen agree. Said, hmm. One lapse in judgment, not worth fucking assassinating a man no, for. off with his head. Uh, <laughs> but darkness, on the other hand, does not believe that. So. <laughs> Ellen says that said is right, and that the siege isn't working. Ham says that they should uh, ask what they should do, but Ellen isn't sure. So do you think it's a good idea to send away the misfallen for the sake of like the army sticking together? Um, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I say no, not really, but... I would say yes, because I have a feeling they're going to be able to develop, you know, some sort of affinity towards something while they're away. <laughs> and then that's going to, you know, help us realize that they're actually powerful or some shit. Something's got to have happened to them, bro. Any other thoughts, Mythic? You just kind of said, no, you don't believe it's a good idea? Too many ATM missings. Seers <laughs> <laughs> all around. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> That's what I think. I think that the people who don't actually feel like they have Alamancy right now, they're all ATM mistings, and he's gonna send them away, and I don't know how, but they're gonna somehow get ATM, and one's gonna swallow it, and they're gonna all, and they're all gonna be Sears, and they won't even know it, and then they'll just imagine they're like, just like this is how the world is, you know. Imagine they're just like eating ATM, and they look around, and they're like, I see shadows everywhere. <laughs> Uh, so Ellen then makes his way to Norden's tent. Norden was still awake as he generally keeps odd hours. He stands and bows no, to Ellen. One second, one second, I'm sorry. I, I, the, way you, the way you said that, darkness, made me think of a really funny scene that would might happen, right? Like, let's say Ellen's be about to be, like, attacked, and Demu over here is just like, Ellen, left! And he just, like, moves, and, like, the sword passes him, and he's just like, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just saw it! <laughs> So, Ellen goes to Norden's table, where he finds maps of troop movements and bands of Kolos. He thinks that Yeoman refused to be intimidated by his forces, so he wonders if they can turn the odds back against him. So, what do you think these maps regarding the Kolos and troops are going to help with? Planning. The maps are... Uh, uh, the maps what? <laughs> the, the maps that Norden has. So, he, he'd been tracking, like, where their troop movements had been, as well as where the Kolos had been moving. Honestly? Would that even help? <laughs> Ellen seems to have an idea with it. 
I mean, it helps with, like, knowing your enemy, so, you know. All right, and we got chapter 48's epigraph, which is, Once freed, Ruin was able to affect the world more directly. The most obvious way he did this was by making the ash mounts emit more ash and the earth be to begin to break apart. As a matter of fact, I believe that much of Ruin's energy during these last days was dedicated to those tasks. He was also able to affect and control far more people than before. Where he had once influenced only a few select individuals, he could now direct entire Coloss armies. Um, do you have any thoughts? I'm really sure much of a question here. I mean, I kind of figured that's what he was Rashek, doing. So. Rashek for president. <laughs> okay. Man, man obviously knew what he was doing. Everybody else just didn't understand his genius. Uh, so we go back to Vincent. Is this, wait, is this the part, is this the chapter where we get the like him her looking at the thing? Yeah. Uh okay, cool. Because uh, that's where I was like, oh man, he really was a genius. So we go back to Vin's point of view as she thinks about how much she regrets knocking over the lantern as she had been in darkness since. She had tried to salvage <laughs> it, but the oil had spilled. Something uh sometimes she felt the pulsing of ruin near her in the cavern, but other times it left. Although Ruin made sure to talk to her in Reen's voice to let her know that he is always with her. Ben also thinks that not everything Reen said in her mind was Ruin, since sometimes Reen responded to her thoughts and Ruin was unable to read her mind. Uh, so what do you think about Ruin spending so much time with Ben? He still has plans for her. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, something. He's got something cooking up, for sure. Maybe it's the whole willing thing that Darkness has been talking about. Break her and make her willing to, you know, give Yeah, him, that's what I was thinking. Her body. But also, like... So, like... Sorry, I was just thinking, like, him, like, to take control of her, so <laughs> like even if it's like unwilling, so mm. it makes sense that he just like keeps her, you know, there, trying to like either be, either make her see his side or yep. just like make himself seem as like not too much of a big deal. Mm. He's not a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. Yeah. Hey guys, just come on over to my side. Mm -hmm. uh, so Better over here. We have cookies. You know, it'd be cool. If he somehow used Ellen's, like, image. Oh, God. And he's like, I could be Ellen if you need me to. Oh, God. <laughs> so that would just be weird. That would be more, cool. That would be funny. That would be more cringe that Sanderson... That would be cringe. Yeah, That's where I got the idea from, actually. Yeah? Oh, yeah? I know what makes you sad. <laughs> it is this guy. Oh, then I, know, I know what you need. You need to leave this man. You just hear a zipper. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, I'm usually the one that does that kind of shit. Uh, oh, anyways. Now I got darkness on here going for it. Damn. Anyways. Each time Ruin anyways. spoke to her, it gave her clues about Ruin's nature. And she wonders if it will help her defeat it. Although she also wonders how she can defeat something like Ruin. Although she also reminds herself that she killed the Lord Ruler who everyone had called a god. She thinks that Ruin can be contained and also wonders if Ruin had somehow influenced her with emotional allomancy in the past. She also thinks about how Zane had heard voices and thinks that he had spoken to something just before he died. He could have been insane, but also he could have been influenced by Ruin. Finn also thinks that Ruin must be hindered in some way since he hasn't destroyed everyone and everything yet. It was limited to direct means of destruction like the ash and light-stealing mists. She wonders what had trapped Ruin in the past, since Ruin had already been trapped when the Lord Ruler stopped Elendi from releasing Ruin, as she had eventually done. She also thinks that the deepness isn't fully connected to Ruin, since it had started killing people and coming during the day before she had released Ruin, and also in the past it had come before Rashek got to the Well of Ascension. So, uh, we kind of talked about this before, but do you agree that the deepness is not connected, or at least not fully connected to Ruin? Yes. Yeah. 
so Vin then thinks about how she had explored the cavern and that water barrels had been removed, but the food and supplies were mostly left in here. Vin had eventually been able to open a can of stew with a rock and pewter, but it had been difficult, as Yeoman had removed any tools to open the cans. She had opened ten cans of food and had little pewter left. The stew also did little to quench her thirst. She was starting to grow hungry as well, since she had gone through most of the opened food, although she was good at avoiding hunger. Vin wonders if Ruin is speaking to Yeoman as well, and if it was Ruin's plan to trap her here. She also wonders why Ruin chose her to go to the well this time as last time it had made sense to send someone like Alendi since it was a hard trek up through the mountains to get to the well. Finn then makes her way to the metal plate on the wall and feels for the words and the map, which really isn't a map this time, just a circle with a dot in the center. She didn't know what the circle and dot meant, and the text was equally frustrating to her. Uh, so what do you think this, about the circle and the dot? Do you have any ideas what those might represent? Nope. I forgot all about that, to be honest. Darkness? What uh, shape is Luther, though? I have to look back at the first book. I don't. Because in my head, that's that's just a circle. So, so oh, you think yeah, it's you like think it's a circle? You, you think, think it's Luthor with you the well in the middle? I guess. Yeah. I need to. Yeah. I need to go back into this book and just look at the maps. Yeah, this book doesn't have a map of Luthadel because we don't really spend any time there. It only has a map of uh. Wait, we what? What? We don't go back? Oh no! Spoiler. I wonder why we wouldn't go back. Yeah, I know, right? Oh my god! I'm not saying we don't go back. I'm saying we don't really spend much time there. Exactly. What? We, we don't, don't spend back. time there? Yeah. What? It's because we don't go back. Huh? Gosh. Yeah, exactly. Spoiling. Midnight the spoiler. Anyways, the Lord Ruler's uh, plate this time talks about how he had failed and that he is dead if anyone is reading this. He talks about how Ruin <laughs> talks to him through his mind, making him think he is mad sometimes. He also talks about how he has made mistakes when first getting the power and also possibly through his rule. Rashak also wonders how much of his original ideas have been twisted due to all the rebellions that kept popping up. He wonders why they can't see the perfection of his system. Rashik states that he has no advice to give, and he is a god, yet there is something greater than him <laughs> that claims to have created the world and will destroy it. He says that maybe the caverns will help humanity live a little longer, and that the thing's powers are not complete, as he had hidden its body well. Uh, so what did you think about this uh, This last message from the Lord Ruler? kind of wish he would have given a will and testament, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to look at the fucking maps. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about his uh, his message here? I mean, it was interesting. I mean, it just—it made me feel bad for him, to be honest. <laughs> I, I was like, man, this man tried his damn best to stop the end of the world, and, and he got murdered. <laughs> and he got murdered for it, you know. But granted, also in that same vein, he could have explained it. <laughs> you know, bro, you, you can't do everything by yourself. Talk to people. Tell them, hey, by the way, there's this thing. Even if they don't believe you, here's the, that's the other thing, right? Sure, the fir at first, when you don't have, like, you know, influence, they're not going to believe you. But, like, you had so much power. You literally could have been like, hey, guys, here's the down low. There's an evil deity of some sort that is in this well. I am the only thing protecting against it at this current moment. I need help. <laughs> My one well, head is help. not good enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had the priests, but, like, honestly... Who, what priests knew anything of this? Like, that's crazy to me, too. I like, mean, I feel like he inscribed these plates killed. apparently knew. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, did he have him killed off immediately after? Like, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't gotten any confirmation of any actual priest that knew anything about this aside from just him saying, oh, well, I did say, you know. <laughs> so Vin finds this plate infuriatingly unhelpful. She thinks that there must be a way and wonders about the last line, about hiding Ruin's body. 
Suddenly, Vin hears a door to the cavern opening. So, who do you think is opening the door to the cavern? The mean dude. What's his name? Yeoman? Yeah. Do you agree, Mythic? If he is, it would be really stupid on his part. Who do you think it is, then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb. <laughs> but it would be funny if, like, you know how the... What was that? The picture in the wall or whatever? The, uh, the, the map? The, the kind of map with the circle and the dot? The circle yeah. and the dot thing? Yeah. What if the Lord Ruder is like, ah, I'm bored, let me just draw boob. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the simplicity of stuff that can just be interpreted like that. I don't really know, but, like, like I said, if it is him, it's just, that'd be stupid on his part, because she's not fully out of all of her tricks yet. So do you think it's someone coming to try and help her, then? No, I don't think it's going to be anybody trying to help her. I don't think it's anybody on her side. Mm. Okay. Unless it's somebody from the city specifically that is trying to help her. But like, oh, I know who I could think of it, it would be. Oh. That would be on that side of helping her. Uh, what was it? Slow Swift? Is that what Slow the fuck Swift? Is? Yeah. yeah. Is that what his name is? That's the only other person that I could think of that would be like... Slow Swift is coming to, to save her? I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't know. That's a far-fetched idea. Maybe if he's convinced by Ellen's ramblings to Yeoman. Possibly. Possibly. Or he tricked Vin from the start, and he's here to gloat, you know. <laughs> uh, so we've got our final chapter now, chapter 49. Our epigraph is One might ask why Ruin couldn't have used Inquisitors to release him from his prison. The answer to this is simple enough, if one understands the workings of power. Before the Lord Ruler's death, death he maintained too tight a grip on them to let Ruin control them directly. Even after the Lord Ruler's death, however, such a servant of Ruin could never have rescued him. The power in the well was a preservation, and an Inquisitor could not have taken it by could only have taken it by first removing his hemallergic spikes. That, of course, would have killed him. Thus, Ruin needed a much more indirect way to achieve his purpose. He needed someone he could, he hadn't tainted too much, but someone he could lead by the nose, carefully manipulating. What did you think about the fact that Ruin wasn't really able to get any one that would be more under his control to save him? Great failsafe on uh, preservation's part, that's for sure. What do you think, Darkness? I kind of gave up trying to figure out his powers. <laughs> <laughs> I generally, it's so frustrating to me. Uh, so we go back to Say's point of view, as he works on his diagram of the waterways. He notes that the Lord Ruler hadn't needed to do much to get the waterway to flow into the cavern, as some water had already been coming down here, and he just expanded the opening. There were also mechanisms put in to stop the water from draining out of the cavern. Say's thinks that he just needs to stop the water from flowing into the cavern so that it fills the canals again. Then taps his copper mine for a book about water pressure. Once he has the information he needs, he starts writing down calculations for how he could block off the opening. He finds it hard to deny that he is a scholar as he works as he as he works as he knows that he would rather study than do anything else. Reason arise, tapping a cane that he doesn't need to use but carries it to look gentlemanly. Says puts his information back into his copper mind as Breeze sits down and tells him that he missed his calling based on how well he's doing on these engineering notes. Breeze asks if Says can really pull it off, and Says replies that it is possible and goes on a bit of a tangent about the canals. Says and apologizes for going on about it, but Bree says it's good to see Says excited about his studies again. Uh, do you also think it's good to see Says focusing on his studies again? Do you think this kind of plan is going to help bring him out of his depression a little bit? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, Loki. I think he needs to get out of his depression, that's for sure. He needs to be working on something that's kind of more time-consuming, and this is something. <laughs> Instead of having all this free time to just look at his religions. Look at my religions! needs something to keep his mind off his depression you know i really want 
the ash mounts to actually be more than just ash mounts. I mean, one of them was a volcano. <laughs> yeah, but like, I was looking at the map and I'm like, what if it's just them being in a circle and in the center one is like, you know, the one. But that's like reaching, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sazen mentions that he feels guilty for enjoying his studies because he prefers it to being a leader, which is what Ellen did by putting him in charge of getting the city. Breeze replies that being in charge doesn't mean doing everything, but making sure that others are doing what they need to be doing. Says replies that Tyndall wouldn't have wanted this of him as she respected leaders, but Breeze replies that she fell in love with him as he was. Breeze replies that Says needs to focus on what he is passionate about, otherwise he'll just end up miserable. Says thinks that this wasn't just about Tyndall, but also about how being able to study the waterways meant he could put off studying the religions that threaten his worldview. Says then brings up Spook, worrying about him, but Breeze says that Finn was just as young when she killed the Lord Ruler. Breeze also says that he thinks this is good for Spook to show some determination. He also says that Spook is showing it to be similar to Kelsier, and maybe this can work after all. Uh, so do you think Spook is going to be able to do for this city what Kelsier did for Luthadel? Mm, I think he thinks he's going to. <laughs> I think he actually is. It's the path of a survivor, you know? He is the new survivor. Mm-hmm. Spook then comes over to Breeze and says, and says that he feels like they should have been attacked by now. Spook also explains that he took control of the city by going out into the mist and stating that anyone faithful to the survivor would be safe in them. The fact that the mist started killing people just helped him. Kellyan declared anyone who survived the mist to be pure, and then started killing the nobles. Fook then also mentions that the nobility seemed to be immune to the mist sickness, which is news to Sazed, and Sazed wonders if Ellen knows of this connection. What do you think about the nobles being immune to the mist sickness? Because they have the blood of the whatever the fuck... Alamancers? Yeah, the blood of Christ. Yeah, the blood of Christ, it compels you. (laughs) That's crazy, though. That's crazy though. Like that's like a Salem witch thing. Of hey, let's go put you in the mist, and if you die, well, you were bad. If you were good, then yeah. Oh. But then immediately after that, flipping and being like, oh, but by the way, everybody who's noble, we're gonna kill you. Even if you survive the mist, if you have yeah. any noble heritage at all, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. It would make sense if I think gen- genetics definitely plays in this though. Mm. Do you think maybe, like, the farther they are from having noble blood, the more likely they are to die or something? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Spook then reiterates that Kellyon is a bully, and he's surprised that he hasn't found any assassins coming for the yet. Sazen mentions that Spook should get some sleep, as he's previously noted that Spook didn't seem to be sleeping much. Sazen thinks that Spook may be burning Peter to stay awake, but wonders if he's just looking for any sign of what he had previously wondered about. Spook then asks about Sayes' work on flooding the canals, and Sayes talks about how he has an idea for a system to block the opening with some supplies that the Lord Ruler had left, along with some rubble from when uh, he'd caused the bigger opening. Gordel then comes over and says that the citizen's sister is looking for Spook. Uh, so were you surprised that Beldry showed up? Nope. Like I said, the full plan that I have that <laughs> of the fact that, oh yeah, you're going to tell me your whole plan? Alright, cool, let me go talk to my brother, and then he'll tell me to go to you and basically double-cross you, and yeah, fucking stupid. Are you surprised, Darkness? Tiny bit, I guess. Because I didn't expect it to be, like... I didn't expect it to be, like, during these chapters where that mm. would happen. Yeah. yeah. He didn't expect it to happen so soon as we Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we then skip to the group meeting with Eldre inside the Canton of Inquisition, and she says she isn't here to join them. Breeze asks why mm. she is here then, as Spook paces. Sage thinks that Spook believes this to be a distraction uh, for an attack. Eldry replies that she's here because they want to kill her brother. Breeze tries to say that they aren't uh, here for that, but Spook replies that Eldry isn't stupid and that the whole city knows why they are here. Eldry also says she doesn't believe they'll hurt her as they are part of the survivor's crew. 
She also says that her brother thinks that the crew just wrote on Kelsier's popularity and claimed to be his friends, but weren't actually. Which shows how much he knows about the fucking survivor. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Spook then asks for them to meet outside the room without Beldre, and once away from Beldre, Arian says she doesn't like her, although Breeze dismisses this. Breeze mm-hmm. says that he thinks Beldre is very frightened, and both Breeze and Arian agree that Beldre was raised as a noble. They then go back yeah. to the into the room, and Beldre asks if they've decided to listen to her, as she has to get back soon. Spook then asks Breeze what will happen if he spreads rumors of the citizen's sister joining them. Beldre says no one will believe that she deserted, but Spook asks if she talked to the guards before coming in, and she says she didn't. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, of course, running past the guards to come join us, that's gonna look great for you. <laughs> uh, Beldre wilts and says thinks that she is really naive and sheltered, although he wonders what Kellyan would do when he learns that they have his sister although he also thinks that it would look bad for the citizen to outright attack them. Beldry says they can't do this and asks what the survivor would say about this. Spook just replies that he would probably suggest the very same plan. Which, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, so do, do you agree that it was naive of Beldry to come here? Or, like, Mythic, do you think this is, like, uh, actually her plan? In a way. I think it's her plan. I, you know what would be funny? If it's, like, a all-rain breeze uh, situation. Mm, where what she's, like, actually a bit that? more manipulative and, like, her and Spooker gonna get together but like um like she's there you know <laughs> like she's not really supposed to be there like she doesn't really have ties besides that one person mm, i see but she's like there <laughs> do you have any thoughts mythic i mean i already said my thoughts yeah so she's there to manipulate the whole situation yeah i think it was she spoke with her brother and then her brother was like "Ooh, we can use this you know mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the final chapter, so I've got some overview questions now. So the first one is, what do you think is going to happen now that they've captured Beldre? Uh, do you think as, for, like, Mythic side, do you, do you think that they're going to do an attack, or, like, what do you think the plan is, what you think is going to happen? Repeat the question? Uh, just, what do you think is going to happen now that they've captured Beldre? Like, what all, oh. what's all going to happen? Oh, like, they captured her. Yeah, and I mean, like, what's supposed to, like, what's going to be the difference? I thought she's going to give anything away from her brother. Like anything like mm-hmm. real. Mm. What if she's also an ATM missing? What if she's an Electra missing? Oh god. She's the opposite of her brother. Oh no. Her brother's a coin shot, potentially. Oh, oh yeah. Wrong person. <laughs> You're thinking of Yeoman. I always think of that. No, they're siblings oh. too. You don't know that. Oh gosh. I don't know why I think that. Like, because I think it's just because of the fact that, like, uh, He's noble in blood, so I'm like, oh yeah, he's definitely got this, you know. <laughs> but I yeah, know it would be funny though if she was on electromisting. Man, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Did you guys also think that she's uh, misting like her brother? Because they, they were oh, yeah, raised in noble yeah. society. I I do think she's an alamancer in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know what alamancer. I guess is the best part. Did you have any other thoughts, directions about what's gonna happen here? Or no? Not very. Like I I don't really care about her to be honest. <laughs> My next question was, uh, do you think Ellen is going to do something while Vin is still captured? Like, is he going to do, like, an attack on the city, or is he going to, like, try and sneak in? Like, or is he going to keep waiting to see if she can escape herself? Ask the question again? Um, that confused the shit out of me. Do, do you think Ellen's going to do something about Vin being captured? Oh, to save Vin? Oh, okay. Like, is he going to, like, try and save her, or is he going to, like, just attack the city? Like, I think he's going to attack, and I think he feels like she can handle him herself. Uh, I think he's just gonna keep going down the path he's doing, you know? He already made the comment yeah. about how she you know, was willing to give him up for whatever, so... It really, like... It's really... Well, it's not surprising, but, like, it's really, like, throwing me off how fucking aggressive he's becoming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like the normal himself anymore, yeah. 
makes you wonder. Uh-huh. Oh, you think he's Ruin or something? No. Pff. That would be so dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> ha 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 ha. It'd be cool, though, if at the end, it's like, Vin is like, Ruin, and then Alan's Preservation. <laughs> and then... Didn't I, have this, didn't I make this theory at some point? I well, think I we said, both just, like, talked about it. You said Sage was going to be both. Nah, then, no, I was going to say I, Sage I was, was, like, going to, like... I was, I was pretty sure I made a comment that, like, they were going to have, like, their bot like get the bodies and then infuse them into I, I I'm pretty sure my my thing was that it was gonna be Marsh versus Ellen. Ellen's gonna die, then Vin's gonna take the power, Vin's gonna kill Marsh, but I think Marsh is gonna do it himself. I still think Marsh is gonna be able to do it. Uh, I think Marsh is just the um the body that he is going to take over for, you know, momentarily at times. Uh and my final question is do you think Vin's gonna be able to escape? From yes, hundred percent. What do you mean? They're literally opening the fucking door. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean she's gonna be able to escape right then. We don't know what's happening. I don't know. Yeah. What if it's another trick by Ruin? Nah, she's definitely gonna escape. Can't she's gonna main... stay there forever. Yeah, kind of the main character, you know, <laughs> dying a hole. Can we? I mean, can that this was like you know Attack on Titan or something. Oh my God, it's gonna be ten soon. I didn't even think of that. It's going to be Tensoon opening that fucking door. I didn't even think about that. that Tensoon's going to cool. rescue her. Yeah. And he's going to be like, mother, mother. We didn't, we didn't get any Tensoon chapters this episode. Oh, exactly. Oh. I wonder why. He's going to go tattle to all his siblings to his mother. I mean, she asked about him, too. That was the other part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She straight, straight up asked about him to ruin. Where's that Tensoon? Went, you know, yeah, when... she was wondering if he was a conjurer. She's like, I need to speak to Tensoon. He should be like mm-hmm. back at your homeland and you heard anything about him. Yeah, I would have like Tenzin's dead. The fact that the yeah, the fact that he was she was thinking about him was just pretty funny to me. I was like, damn, I would have thought she would have like given up on that. No, oh, she's worried about her friend. She's worried about her pet dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her they're pet. friends. No, they're not. They are. No, it's a mother. It's a mother uh, sibling <laughs> thing. Mother son. Mother sibling. <laughs> mother sibling. Yeah, mother mother son uh, dynamic. Alright, uh, did you guys have any other, anything else you wanted to talk about this episode? Any other theories or anything? No. Darkness? I don't think so. Alright, so... I have, the th- I have the theory that Darkness is going to be wrong and everything again. <laughs> uh, so, next episode is going to be chapters 50 through 57. Doing eight chapters. Jesus, oh. so many chapters. I know. Yeah, 50 through 57, look forward to that. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Bye.